0: This is the Boston Podcast, sponsored by Intel. Visit www.boston.co.uk. Well, welcome everybody to today's podcast. Uh, My name is Taylor DeKine. I'm the head of Enterprise Solutions Group. And joining me today is Andrew Addison senior technologist here at Boston and today we're going to be talking around kind of AI and its kind of overall impact in kind of the FSI industry we're living in an interesting day and age where you know artificial intelligence is impacting us greatly at all various different levels whether we whether we know it or not some are visible but most is invisible so today we're kind of delve a little bit into that topic and you know, Andrew has spent um, over 30 years in the uh, financial services industry, and it's definitely evolved a lot over the over the last few decades. And he's going to share with us quite a lot of his insights and his experiences around how FSI is, is has changed, is changing, will change, and some you know probably some personal predictions as well, saying what we can be expecting to come down the pike. Andrew, just to, just to kind of kick us, kick us off here, uh, maybe give it a little bit of background on where you kind of first came into contact with uh, the early signs of, of this thing we're coining AI in, uh, in, in your FSI world.
1: Well, it's quite interesting, actually. I mean, I, I did a bit of neural nets and AI back in university, say in St. Andrews. And um, when I went and joined the financial services industry, I was working in um, Salomon Brothers. On the fixed income arbitrage desk, I was a developer um, working with models that were there, and they were looking for many different types of novel types of ways of doing things. One in particular, the extreme interest in using neural nets to predict movements in um, in, in bonds and uh, and corporate sort of instruments. So this isn't just stocks and shares; this is like you know government things and behaviours. So there was a, an interest back back even back then, 30 years ago nearly where they were thinking about employing these types of technologies. And it's interesting to, just to see how it's evolved now. Back in the day, it was extremely hard to um, scale these kinds of things up and get them trained and all those kinds of things. In, in a way, it was way ahead of its time in the respect that there's a lot of discipline that's required that's above and beyond just com- computational science, it's statistical, and there's a whole series of techniques that you've put in. Anyways, we wind the clock forward and uh, one of the heads of platform engineering in, in Deutsche Bank well, about a year ago. And um, the discussions about AI have, have come come to the fore again, only looking at it in a very, very different way. Um, it's, it's, quite, it's quite fascinating, actually. Now it's kind of evolved and matured to the point where there are separate disciplines and separate branches of computational science. To actually deal with these particular things, because now everyone pretty much wholeheartedly agrees, especially in the, in the real retail age that uh, data is the new oil. Pretty much, uh, it's uh, it's become a necessity to make better use of the data that we've got. So yes, it's been quite interesting, Taylor
0: yeah i think it's safe to say that the scale of data that we're encountering today is 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 far and beyond anything that anybody probably even dreamed of
1: yeah yeah that's right that's right
0: even 10 15 years ago and banks have had to kind of reinvent themselves and their entire approach has now had to shift traditional banking methodologies and mind and, and mindsets to now focusing on their now newest biggest asset which as you rightly say is is the data yeah and it's also not just you know market data but it's also customer data as as well and now being able to look at specific customer behaviors and patterns and to be able to stay competitive in the market and better understand your customer and better understand how the market is responding to the current uh, economic situations and you know all these different things you know now have to be kind of uh, accounted for in these new in these new models because depending on the political situation the economic situation all those things are now can be factored in through through various different data points which brings us on to the whole point of AI now is is now being able to Derive much more in depth and comprehensive insights based on much larger data sets which which, which was physically impossible before
1: yeah, right. you, you touched on a really good point there actually because the limitations in the i 'll call it the old days for shorthand purposes one one megabyte of DRAM would cost you i think it was about sixty or one hundred and twenty dollars at the time thereabouts, just showing my age now. Well, and, and you really couldn't hold on to that information, so you could comb over it in a in a bulk statistical way. I remember a conversation I had with um, it's actually one of the heads in uh, of Open University of Statistics, uh, statistics. Um, and uh, he uh, a few good few years ago, and he said, "This is a golden age of statistics." You know, this is 15 years ago, and um, he was right. Now, now, as you rightly say, we've got this data, and people working out how to intelligently comb over it. And in the financial services industry, especially since the 2007-2008 two thousand got the Lehman's crash, well, you have a series of them. Actually, there was one in 1987, uh, and there were some bits around 90s, in the late 90s, up at the dot-com bubble burst. And uh, but especially 2007-2008, when a lot of the complex derivative trades were going on there, where people are starting to introspect and look at what they've got and make sure that that type of situation never happens again. And there's regulation as well. So, you know, the the responsibilities and the accountabilities increased. So banks are under increased pressure to manage and understand their risks better. Um, It's it's massive. Uh, And uh, they're going, how can we satisfy these kinds of regulatory constraints? So they need to introspect and see how they can make technology work better for them. And the financial services industry is just one arm of where AI is starting to be seen as a, a very, very realistic uh, means to help make things better, really, I suppose.
0: Absolutely. I think there's a, there's a lot of investment going on right now in this space. Let's just take one example of Lloyd's Banking Group. You know, they invested, you know, $4.1 billion into into their digital strategy, and to be able to um, start to bring new products and new services to market, but also invest in kind of the API-enabled you know propositions, and you know very much selling themselves as the kind of trusted guardian of of data, right? To mm-hmm. to a lot of, a lot a lot of providers, so we're going to see a lot of digitization or increased digitization. Of banking and banking ser- and banking services, and banking products, coming fast and and harder in the in the next few few years, decades, uh, mm-hmm. as as we kind of move move forward to a, a very much a data centric um, banking culture, and and obviously not wanting to leave out the fact that we've seen a lot of challenger banks um, step up, so the 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 Monzos of this world, um, the Starlings of the of this world, you know have stepped into to challenge you know the traditional banking system and really uh change the dynamics of the competitive competitive landscape and okay yeah we're talking we're kind of switching between kind of corporate banking and, and con- more consumer banking but a lot of the same principles are going are going to apply in both industries wouldn't you agree
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, in fact, it's even broader. I mean, I, I worked in a hedge fund that um, in Swiss, based off um, Swiss Re in the reinsurance business, and one of the areas uh, in general with the reinsurance business, I know, I know Swiss Re involved with uh, I think it's a company called Oasis LMF, where they're trying to standardise how they deal. With managing risk, uh, touching into the uh, into um, you know, more more traditional uh, insurance and reinsurance businesses, so it's it's more than just the main central part of banking. Financial services also includes insurance and underwriting and all sorts of stuff. Um, and there's definitely um, a momentum forming. Banks like uh, Deutsche Bank is another good good example where they've been reinventing themselves in terms of analytic platforms uh, and and dealing with market risk, and and also getting the data cleaned and unified in, in a kind of like a unified uh, analytics platform across the whole of the bank. It's kind of like a, a reinvention which has to happen with the larger banks. Um, with the smaller fintech startups, um, they, they can be more focused on very particular areas. So Monzo is a good example. Revolut and back of Goldman Sachs is another good example. Largely payment processing, but well, in terms of AI and insights, it's quite powerful because um, if anyone's used Monzo, or well, no it looks at the type of spending patterns that you have. It's actually helping you manage your own money better with uh, using using, anal- uh, using analytics, um, and it, it's quite a quite an interesting space. But also, they must de- adhere with uh, regulatory things. Well, at least out on the payment processing side, to know who it is that's got the bank account, is is there fraud in there? Uh, what about spending patterns? You know, could there be a point where someone's uh, being defrauded? So it, it, it's quite, it's quite an interesting. It minimises risk for the bank, and it and it and it makes life better for the people who are using it. So yes, it's a, it's a, it's it's definitely in the last few years. It's, it's definitely feels this sea change where, um, you know, it's it, everyone sort of um, aligns behind it. It's quite quite interesting.
0: Yeah, you hit on a good point there. Um, you know, over 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 the last you know decade, fraud. You know, has has taken on so many different new forms, mm-hmm. and and with the digitization um, and my and huge obviously migration to online banking, um, for a lot of the cons a lot of consumers and online tools for a lot of the investment banks and and insurance companies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's been uh, you know a huge uptick in the ways fraud you know can be carried out and, and executed, and also you know interesting technologies have also emerged you know to to help companies and businesses you know leverage their data in order to identify fraud um and obviously there's two scenarios there there's you know uh, fraud prevention and then there's fraud identification right mm-hmm. um one one is post the event and one one is pre and 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 I think we all would agree that the the Nirvana is identifying fraud before it happens, you know, and right. uh, yeah, the yeah. you know the the impact that it has not only on on you know the per- potentially the person's bank account and and their trust in the in the system, right? Uh, but also on the on the banking institution it, itself, and you know trying to manage and and keep a lid on on the scale of of, of fraudulent activity that's going that's going on. So you know implementing technologies you know and um leveraging ai to identify you know potential fraudulent accounts um and fraudulent individual individuals you know before they can go in and carry out their malicious um tasks um is what is a huge step forward you know for the for, for the industry as a as a whole and i can only see that uh increase yeah
1: it it's true and also i mean this is um i know we, this is such a massive broad brush we're talking in such a small space of time but it's not without its challenges um you you don't just magically press the ai button and ai happens there's a lot of rigor that happens out the back uh, to do with training and cross checking and back testing to make sure that it's behaving the way it actually so, uh, should be as ever there's a big pile of unstructured data and you're looking for some pattern in there you're trying to find diamonds in the rough so to speak you might find a repeat of a situation that's happened before but also I think where it really comes into its own is when it starts finding things that you would not naturally look for as a human being and um, so you know you look for things that correlate together in you know, Bayesian inference is quite a common, a common technique and and um, and also ways of more hard AI uh, actually to do with recognition of stuff. You know, it starts with a fingerprint, facial recognition, um, becomes a digital fingerprint, um, and then and then becomes a series or becomes a series of strategies to get to the point where, uh, as you rightly say, Taylor, to preemptively discover or find a, a credit event or a fraud event. Or, or some other pattern. Um, um, yeah, so it's, it's quite 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 exciting. It's such a broad subject in that space.
0: Absolutely, and you know, I think there's going to be some more and more exciting uh, you know developments uh, as as we go along. You know, in this in this space, which I'm sure we'll talk about. In future, in future podcasts,
1: yes, I'm uh, sure we will. <laughs>
0: but, as, but as you say, AI is not this um, fire and forget technology. It is an iterative, hands-on, refining, constant refining process, which will will continue as long as new data is is uh, produced. And you know, new uh, new techniques, obviously from the from the people performing the frauds, are invented, right? And it has to constantly evolve and adapt to, to to the changes that are that are happening. But yeah, absolutely. As you say, it's a very it's a it's a hugely broad topic, and we could be here for a month of Sundays talking about it. <laughs> and uh, I mean,
1: I mean, there is one other thing, I suppose we we, we could touch on is that um, banks have a limited amount of resources. And increasing regulation constrains them to um, basically do more and more with with less and less uh, in terms of um, hardware and personnel. And um, and and the advances in technology there do do largely help, even in terms of the skills of developers writing um, um, writing a, a code for whether well, you're going to use a GP, GPU. Um, you, 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 you need to have a broad skill set to actually work on those. I mean, there are some standards coming out. I know there's one called One API from Intel. It's pretty good. Um, that is actually trying to standardize, so you're not just stuck with one particular uh, vendor for, uh, for, um, for 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 developers. So that's the development end of it. But in terms of constraints, um, there's going to be there's going to be more data. There's going to be more detail for risks and reporting, and there's going to be more demand uh, in future for um, making the data work harder especially in a bank it it works on a number of levels one is to meet obviously the, the adequacy of being in a bank uh, uh and but the other one is actually to um basically it, it affects the bottom line um you can you can make um you can run yourself more efficiently um and that's uh, not to be uh, uh you know not to be missed at all it's it's got a proper hardline benefit um in, in
0: that space absolutely so I think we've uh, we've run out of time for today's podcast. Uh, thanks so much for, you know, sharing your uh, your insights and I'm sure we'll be back talking about this subject kind of very very soon. Uh, but thanks everyone for listening. Thank you very much. This podcast was sponsored by Intel. Improve data center efficiency and reliability to handle any workload with Intel Xeon scalable processor family. Intel Optane DC persistent memory and Intel SSD Data Center family. Boston are also proud supporters of Intel one API, a unified programming model to harness the power of diverse computing architectures. For more information, visit boston.co.uk. boston.co.uk. boston.co.uk.